Hi, this is Louis Lord Nelson. Welcome to a special 20-minute episode of UDL in 15 Minutes. Hello and welcome to UDL in 15 Minutes, where educators discuss their experiences with UDL. I'm Louis Lord Nelson, UDL author and leader. Today I'm talking with Liz Hartman, who's an associate professor in the Department of Education at LaSalle College in Newton, Massachusetts. She also co-teaches a course at the Harvard Graduate School of Education in Cambridge, Massachusetts on UDL. That course will be the focus of today's conversation. Liz is going to share how she and her colleague have used UDL to design a course about UDL to support these graduate students to advance their risk-taking when demonstrating their knowledge. Hey, Liz, welcome. How are you? Hi, Louie. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. I just said that you teach at the college level, but you have a really rich teaching background story to share. So go ahead and share that. I started out as a teacher of the visually impaired and blind, and I mostly taught students with deaf blindness and um, students who had additional either communication or physical support needs or um, students who had visual impairment and intellectual disabilities. Um, I started out as a classroom teacher and I worked at two schools for the blind here in the US and then eventually moved into a role as an itinerant teacher where I worked in public schools and private schools um, around the Boston area and the San Francisco Bay area. And um, as I became an itinerant teacher, I also started teaching in higher ed and began teaching in programs in visual impairment. And I was actually thinking the other night about how I've been teaching now in higher ed the same amount of years I taught um, in pre-K through 12. So it's a, it feels like an important time in my life where I'm, I've made this like critical shift where next year I'm going to be teaching more in higher ed than actually um, in the with the younger kiddos. So um, now, mostly what I do is I teach pre-service teachers, both gen- future general and special ed teachers. And as you mentioned, um, teaching this course at Hugsy in UDL. Wow. And was it during your K-12 experiences that you learned about UDL or was it through your university and college level teaching positions? How did you come to learn about UDL? So I actually learned about UDL right towards the end of my doctoral program. Um, at the time, I was really intensely studying the education of students with deaf blindness, and I was looking for a way to frame their needs and supports in a way that could bring it to a broader audience, um, in particular general educators or even people interested in special education who might be focused more on supporting learners who have um, what we would say mild, moderate, or higher incidence support needs like learning disability. Um, So towards the end of my doctoral program, I learned about UDL and I really resonated with this idea that the curriculum was the problem in needing our attention, not the child. And I saw it as a very powerful way for me to think about deaf blindness and visual impairment and the richness of what I learned from studying that and teaching those students, which I knew could help support all learners and how I could bring that to a larger audience. 
So then it was through my UDL postdoctoral program where I really got to um, explore that idea more. And in doing that, I realized that UDL was so powerful for me in helping my own instruction in higher education. Um, I realized that I actually needed a lot of support and scaffolds to better teach um, pre-service teachers to really make sure that I was preparing them to meet the realities of um, being a really effective classroom teacher. And um, so once I started implementing UDL into my own teaching and using it as this way to leverage what I knew about learners with deaf blindness and visual impairment, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I found that I was constantly thinking about how to um, just innovate more using UDL to plan my lectures, workshops. I saw the value in it and I I couldn't um, turn back. (laughs) Yeah. And we so we met the first time um, Tracy Hall and Richard Jackson, who essentially created that UDL postdoc opportunity at CAST. And I came there with Evel Krevker in 2012. And it's when they had that little mini reunion that we met. And I just remember being blown away by how much you had already done in this transition in your thinking of, you know, what you saw as benefiting the students who were, again, in the deafblind population or those with disabilities, and then beginning to apply it into your uh, higher ed and not even beginning, because by that time you were really, you were truly digging in. So I just remember looking at you and going, oh, I just really admire her. (laughs) Oh, so. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. My gosh. Um, Okay. So this Harvard Graduate School of Education course that you co-teach, talk about that because um, what I really hope is going to happen here is we've got some folks out there who unfortunately misinterpret UDL and this concept of lowering barriers, and they see that as, quote unquote, making things easier. And we know, uh, no, that's not what's happening. And obviously, you're not going to do that in a graduate course. And just describe the course. And and I know that that rigor is going to come out when you're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let me start by saying I co-teach this course with an amazing teaching team. So my um, co-instructor is Jose Blackerby, who's the director of research and development at CAST. And then we have two fantastic teaching fellows who assist us in teaching, Ari Fleischer and Heather Francis. Um, And I just wanted to acknowledge them because they are such an integral part of the stories that I'll tell about this course. Um, This course is T560. And I believe it is actually the first course ever in Universal Design for Learning. And um, we've been teaching it now for three years. And um, the course uh, has a a pretty, I would say, predictable structure where the first couple weeks we introduce UDL as a framework. And um, then we go into this uh, routine where each week we dig deep into one of the nine UDL guidelines. Um, The course has a real nice kind of rich routine to it as well. But um, at the same time, I think that there um, are some students that that repetition can be a barrier for. 
And in the last couple of years, we've been really thinking a lot about design thinking and how we can use um, the tools of design thinking and UDL frame, the UDL framework together to make this a really rich and rigorous uh, experience for the students at Harvard. And what is the overall goal? Sorry to interrupt, but what's the overall goal of this course? So the, this is a, a graduate course in uh, a variety of different programs. So whereas some of my coursework at Harvard is really, you know, super focused on preparing pre-service teachers, this is a course that would have a variety of master's students and doctoral level students at Harvard who want to learn about UDL in it. So our goal is really to have them leave the course with a deep understanding of UDL and and be able to teach it in a way that's flexible enough that they can apply it to their future lives as educators, as leaders, as entrepreneurs. We have students who come to our class and they want to learn about UDL because they're designing apps for educational settings. We have students who come and they want to learn about UDL because they're going to be teaching next semester in the Boston public schools. We have students who come um, internationally and they want to learn about UDL because they're going to return back to their country and become leaders in the field of disability. Um, So we have a really rich, diverse um, group of students who come into the class, and they all have different reasons for wanting to engage with the UDL framework. And we try to provide them with a course that um, will really leverage or optimize that learner variability so that they leave feeling like they not only know about the framework, but they have the skills to be able to implement it in their future careers. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about, and I mentioned in the intro, is that you really push that risk-taking with your students, and you see that in the final products that they provide to you. So I was wondering if we could jump to that, or if you feel like there's a bridge there that you need to offer first, but I'd love for people to hear about these products that are created. Sure. So I had a really interesting experience last spring. I was on sabbatical. And during my sabbatical, I decided to audit a class at a Hugsy, at Harvard's graduate school. And, you know, I, I've been a professor now for quite a few years, and I thought that this would be a really nice learning experience for me and help me, you know, build some knowledge and uh, area of need that I saw. So being um, someone who was auditing the class, I had this fantastic, like insider view of what the everyday life of a graduate student was like. I learned that, um, you know, we have this idea of rigor, especially in higher ed, and I think especially at institutions like Harvard. And um, what I saw was that students were really, uh, including myself, I have to say, struggling to keep up with the reading, keep up with assignments. And that experience really reframed how I thought about T560. And uh, in particular, one goal related to part of our course, which is um, a weekly reading reflection that we have the students complete. So like I said before, we have this 
you know, nine guideline sequence where we go through each guideline. And previously, we had this goal that, you know, students will reflect on each of the guidelines as they go through the course. And we set it up so that in past years, the students would read, they'd come to class, and class is always a combination of lecture, um, hands-on workshop where they get to immediately apply what they learned, um, and then they work on some final projects. And then after that class, they would write their reflection on the guideline. But I realized that there was some major barriers with the way we had set that assignment up because we weren't um, providing support for the students to engage with our readings and media that we provide prior to the in-class lecture and workshop that we that we engage in. So I, um, with our teaching team, began to ask, what if our reflections really encouraged more um, active engagement with the material prior to our face-to-face class? And what if our reflections really tried to leverage the learner variability of the students that we had? Um, We know they're coming with different identities coming from different countries, different background experience. They have different strengths um, in terms of their own academic abilities and areas of need. And this could be a really powerful way for them to um, see not only their strengths and areas of need, their own variability, but also it could open up more options for them in terms of how they um, think about the ways they engage with rigorous academic content prior to coming to class. So we changed the assignment. Um, We gave them a strong goal, which was to engage with the content prior to class and um, gave them open options for them to communicate how they did that in whatever way they saw best suited their needs at that moment. And of course, we scaffolded it um, in class and we showed some examples. Um, The teaching staff, we all um, created examples of how we would go about this assignment so that we could model it for them. And um, what we found kind of early on is that the students were a lot more active in class. We got more questions. um, We got more engagement and discussion. We also heard like a richness of the students in terms of their discussions and their connecting the different guidelines to their background knowledge, which we hadn't heard before. So that was all really exciting to us. But we also noticed that they were still relying on very traditional formats to uh, show what they know. So then we said, well, how can we better support the students so they take risk? Because we saw this as an important opportunity for them to really push themselves to um, show their knowledge in kind of unique ways that either represent their um, strengths or an area of need that they just felt like they would want to Um, work on in the context of this course. So we um, began to highlight in class at the beginning of class, some of the students who had taken these risks and um, just call them out very briefly for a minute, say, hey, that's really cool. This new format, someone wrote about a song about this guideline. We, We wanted to play it today. And of course, we would ask the students permission beforehand. 
And when we started to do that, we got an influx of all these creative reflections that students submitted. We had a student submit slam poetry on a guideline. We had a fantastic video of two students interviewing each other about the guideline and how it related to their um, past work teaching in international settings. Um, We had students who were more design focused, um, creating infographics of the guidelines. We had students um, sharing their color coded notes and even like really some meta examples, like when we were talking about the guideline related to providing options for comprehension, a a student decided that she was going to structure her whole reflection as a KWL chart because that was an important support for her own comprehension. Um, So slowly over time, we saw our students taking risks and um, in doing that, they really, you could see them just really enjoying the assignment and not only enjoying it, but they were talking um, in class about how powerful it was for them to not only understand the content, but push themselves to think about academic rigor in new ways. You know, I'm going to point out the fact that within this, it's just like UDL on top of UDL on top of UDL, which is just incredibly exciting. Um, And we had talked earlier, so I think you're prepared to offer some images and some pictures that go along with this to help people really see what you were talking about with these students and how they've, uh, and what they produced. Um, So one last question, because we've, we've, gone over the 15. So I'm just gonna let people know Sorry. that up front. <laughs> no, 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 do not apologize. Because that you know, part of that's my role as the podcast host. And I was just like, nope, we're, we're just gonna go. <laughs> uh, so when it came to students that you saw reaching beyond um, that safety net, uh, you, you talked about some scaffolds that you provided. So can you give one example that that helped? Because you gave examples for the students to follow, but then maybe something else that you did to help these students who are such high achievers. Everyone thinks of Harvard and they think, oh, these kids got it, you know, but you guys provided additional scaffolds and supports through the use of the UDL guidelines to help these students propel them even further. So could you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So, um, you know, I mentioned before, like calling out different students and excellent work um, on these reflections. And I think that was really powerful. But another um, support that I think really helped is the students were very concerned about how they were going to be evaluated. Um, And they asked us, um, you know, about the rubric for the assignment And um, one of the decisions, design decisions we made in setting up this assignment is that we actually wanted the students to evaluate their own reflections and provide themselves with a grade at the end of the semester. We thought, hey, why not? Um, Let's really push this to the UDL limit. And, you know, if these students um, truly will be expert learners in UDL, then they should be able to, at the end of the semester look back at these nine different um, reflections and, you know, ask themselves, did we meet the goal of this assignment? And um, and then provide some rationale as to their grade. 
in in relation to that goal. And um, so we took some time in class to to remind them that they would be self-evaluating and that this is the goal of the reflection is to, you know, engage with the media and the content of the course so that they can better understand it and better prepare themselves for the work that we do in class. And um, I think at first they kind of, a few of them kind of felt like we were tricking them. Like, are are you really, we're going to grade ourselves. (laughs) And, um, but then, you know, as you go through the course and you learn more about UDL and you really dig into examples of UDL implementation, you know, especially as we got to those guidelines that talk about executive functioning and self-regulation, it began to click. It's like, oh yeah, of course we're going to grade ourselves because that's what expert learners do. Um, and I think once they they fully understood that, then that is, I think, when we saw them take those those really big risks. Um, and and of course we supported and and rewarded those risks, which you know gave them more empowerment to, to even push further. Right. Right. Oh, well, this has been fabulous. I don't want to quit the conversation, but that's the way it always goes on every single one of these podcasts because you guys are all awesome. So I saying thank you to you and Jose and Ari and Heather in how you've constructed this course. I know people are going to be um, incredibly curious to learn more and hopefully see more. And, uh, but uh, I wanted to say thank you so, so much for this podcast. I've been really enjoying listening to it. Oh, well, thank you, Liz. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. And so for those who are listening to this podcast, you can find supplemental materials like an image montage with closed captioning, that montage of audio descriptions, a transcript, and an associated blog at my website, theudlapproach.com forward slash media. And finally... If you have a story to share about UDL implementation for UDL in 15 minutes, you can contact me through the UDLapproach.com. And thanks to everyone for your work in revolutionizing education through UDL and making it our goal to develop expert learners.